Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode on the Guide Me Globe podcast. Today we have a special guest with us. We have Pip Reed, who is a qualified clinical nutritionist. She specializes in balancing hormones for fat loss and achieving clear glowing skin with the help of your diet. And I'm really excited to share with you guys this conversation. We talk about mindset and how that impacts the way that we eat. We talk a lot about hormones, the E3 diet that helps her clients get the results that they want and then we also talk about the best foods to be including into our diets for optimal health and glowing skin so without further ado let's get into the episode welcome to the guide me glow podcast i'm your host shannon tang and i'm a holistic health coach that is here to help you become your glowier self mentally physically and spiritually i'm a lifestyle and wellness content creator and founder of the wellness platform guide me glow In this podcast, I share my journey and knowledge on all things self-development, manifesting, confidence, healing your relationship with food and body, and so much more. Follow for weekly episodes to listen to on your Glow Girl Walk. Hi Pip, welcome to the Guide Me Glow podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Do you want to do a little intro on yourself, a bit about your work and your journey to becoming a nutritionist and all that kind of stuff? Sure. I I have been a nutritionist now for just under 10 years. Um, I always had a, a big um, background in um, dancing and a lot of sport. And so it's always been a big passion of mine. I, of course, went down the different direction when I first left school and did a business degree and worked in law for a while. And, and during that time, I actually became... A personal trainer and realized very quickly that there wasn't a lot of information um, on nutrition taught to personal trainers so I decided to pursue the nutrition side of things um, so yes I, I, I became a nutritionist as I said nearly 10 years ago and I think um, I've always been mostly interested in uh, helping women and women's health and hormones and and weight loss and skin. So my re- my first um, clinic I ever worked in actually was um, a skin clinic in Sydney, and yeah, a, a, a beautiful girl named Melanie Grant. I worked yeah. with her, um, and she was fantastic. And I, I learned so much through, with her and through her, and um, also realized that there's a lot of area um, or room to specialize. You know, I think back when I first started out, nutrition was a little bit of a new area and everyone was sort of like um, probably more focusing on weight loss and that's what they wanted and that's why they thought a nutritionist existed. Mm. Um, So whilst I I do a lot of weight loss work and that's probably the predominant reason people come to see me, I very quickly realised that behind all that um, need for weight loss or reasons why people couldn't lose weight or were stagnant, uh, was more hormone and hormonal imbalances um, that were also contributing to a lot of other signs and symptoms, um, including their skin. So it worked really well when I was working with Mel um, that, you know, I could treat the skin and the hormones and the weight loss all at the same time. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's been a bit of a journey. And I, I actually was diagnosed with endometriosis very early in my nutrition career after oh, coming wow. off for 10 years so that was um another huge reason that I really wanted to treat hormones and and to help women um who are dealing with anything along the lines of uh, endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and as I've aged I guess that that also includes more symptoms to do with perimenopause and menopause and you know really 
any menstrual irregularities which um, are running rife, especially in this day and age. So, yeah, yeah bit of a long story of how I got here, but... <laughs> How did you kind of get into, you know, the whole health and fitness world and like what kind of made you think, oh, I actually want to take this further and become a nutritionist and a specialist in like hormones and skin and all of that? I, I think um, I was, I'm, I've always been probably very fixated, maybe too fixated on um, uh, food and, and how like definitely aesthetics and how it, it affected yeah. my body. So there was definitely that self-interest there. I wanted to be looking after myself um, and just from learning and becoming that nutritionist then, I, I just realised how how I could help other women um, and, and it sort of gave me that platform and I feel like I've been one of those um, nutritionists, no matter what stage of life I am, I tend to get the clients at the same time. So whether it yeah. be fertility or um, endometriosis and um, it's only really the last sort of five plus years, I feel like endo and polycystic ovaries and these sort of things are being talked about a lot more. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think there's now been a movement of people are recognising that they don't have to deal with crappy periods and, um, you know, yeah. or everything that goes with it. So it's been really, um, I don't know, I feel like I've been really lucky to be helping so many girls to recognise that this doesn't need to be part of their life. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think what you mentioned about, I guess, like your struggle with being really focused on food and aesthetics, how do you feel like you overcame that? Because I feel like so many girls, especially within the whole social media world, there's so much, there is pressure to like look a certain way and, you know, be to like society standards. And I think a lot of the reason why people start these diets and, you know, they eat a certain way is to predominantly look a certain way. And then they start to realise, okay, how is this actually making me feel? But I feel, yeah, lots of girls are really confused on like, what would be the right diet for them? Or like, they're trying to maybe like lose weight or, and they're just like trying to eat minimal or like certain things. And, you know, even though what I eat in a day is now, like people take that so literally but it's yes. like everybody's obviously so different. So it's like, how do you feel like you kind of overcame the whole point of just focusing I, on how you look? I think it had to really come from within. I think there's like, and there's always going to be an element of me that cares. And that's just new human nature as well. And, yeah. and we're all, um, you know, on social media now and very susceptible to this. But to be honest, I, I do unfollow people that I just think are so unrealistic and um, aren't portraying probably their true selves. I think... Um, a really big lesson that we're all sort of learning and, and coming to learn is that there is no one size fits all. And what you're doing, you know, it, it, like your hormones probably completely different to what mine are doing. You know, you might be looking at people on Instagram who are suffering from polycystic ovaries or adrenal fatigue or thyroid condition that they may not even know about. So they're eating a certain way that might work for them. And then that may not work for you and it can change your hormone structure just by simply eating incorrectly. Um, the whole food deprivation thing is really damaging because it, it does change your hormone structure as well. It can increase your estrogen. Um, it can affect your thyroid, which will slow down your metabolism. So it, there's no, this whole like calorie um, deprivation, carbohydrate deprivation, which is so bad for girls um, and their hormone balance. Um, and and sort of like over exercising. I used to work in gyms in Sydney and watching these mm. people just smash themselves at the gym and then not um, eat for that food. And and yes, you're going to get results. Like 
probably in the short term but yeah. it's long-term effects like you've missed so much your hormone balance is probably out of structure and you, your metabolism um has probably slowed and you're just not eating right for your body um i think it's got to be a really it's it's really important that if you want to seek out a long-term successful weight loss journey uh, that you do seek out professional advice, get the right testing done, um, have your signs and symptoms, your health history, everything looked at mm. because that information is what's going to give, um, you know, the practitioner the, the best information to give to you to get on the right diet. Yeah. And how would you recommend someone to even start to begin to like look into, you know, their diet and what would be right for them? Um, I think a really good way to start, like from the very basics, is to start um, like writing down what you eat. And I don't mean in like calorie counting or um, weighing food or anything. Just just look at a day um, day's worth of food for you or a couple of days worth of food for you, and and take that to someone because that's going to give them a really good indication of your lifestyle, how you like to eat, when you like to eat. And it's sometimes just the small changes that can make such a big difference. And you and it's often rare that you need to go on these like you know full eradication diets or detoxes or anything like that um i'd start at the basics and and get some testing done that's a really good way functional pathology as opposed to just um your gp um because functional pathology is going to give a lot more in-depth information as to where your body is at and and that's like a really good basis and if you don't have like the access to functional pathology, then even just talking to an expert about your signs and symptoms, because there are so many that can be indicative of, say, a hormone imbalance, which might be prohibiting you from actually reaching your goals. And what does that test for then if you were to get it done? So, well, lots of tests. So um, if I were looking at functional pathology, I, I often ask my clients to do like um, a thyroid test. So that's just going to be testing your thyroid stimulating hormone, the free T3, free T4. And a lot of Medicare uh, and GPs won't do that just for, they're looking at a sick population, they're not looking for optimal health. So that's what a, um, you know, a, a natural health practitioner, we're looking for optimal health. So our, the way we read, um, Blood test results is a little bit different to just a general doctor, nothing wrong with a general doctor, but they tend to treat more acute um, signs and symptoms. Yeah. Um, and then also you can do some really amazing in-depth um, hormone, uh, like Dutch, there's a Dutch test, a Dutch plus test, which not only gives you your hormone reading on a certain day, because it's always important where you are in your cycle to read these um these test results, but also will give you ratios and um, tell you how your body's actually metabolizing these hormones. It's not just about here, this is where your estrogen is, this is where your progesterone is. It's how they're all interacting and how your body's uh, breaking them down and, and detoxifying them and um, that's making like the big difference. Yeah. And so yeah. would you recommend going to specialists like around the area for that? Or because I feel like a lot of people might be a bit confused on like where to find these people because I guess it's not as common right like you just go to your doctors and you get like a blood test or a hormone test but you get all the results but it's like oh okay what do, well, I, what do I do, do? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's always a great place to start like going to get I my my best advice is to see like um, a nutritionist or a naturopath um, and then which you don't need a referral for so you can just book in and see these um, these practitioners from there we usually specify bloods that we'd like you to either get from your GP or do through functional pathology 
if required, like it's always good to see blood. Some people are really happy or, you know, there's some standout symptoms that need treating and you don't need those tests immediately. Um, but I think it's always good to to get like a full um, tr uh, analysis done at the start and then get direction from a, from a practitioner as yeah. opposed to just like getting on the internet and, you know, Dr. Google and, and yeah. Yeah. self-diagnose. Self-diagnose and then you end yeah. up like down these with so much information and it's, an, it's a bit of an overload. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so before we get into like the bulk of the episode, we always start with an affirmation of the week for our listeners. So I want to ask you, do you have an affirmation that you can give to us that will kind of, you know, set our week on a good tone and something that's a bit inspirational or just anything that you feel is like called cool to you this week? I feel like um, there's something really to be said about when the first thing you do and wake up in the morning and I'm a very big, I really hate unnatural light. So I think waking up with natural light and um, saying to yourself, it's going to be a positive day. And I think yeah. that is a really easy way to get you in a good mindset. Um, and and anything from that, you're, you're in that healthy, positive mindset. And it's a really like from there any good things can really happen because you've got yourself there already and always make your bed <laughs> yes always make your bed always make I your agree bed. I think like the your morning routine and the way that you start your day really does impact the rest of your day and it's like setting yourself up for success and having that positive mindset will just like make the rest of the day go smoother. And yes. yeah, definitely making your bed. Make your bed. Achieve that one yeah. thing. If you do nothing else that day, at least your bed's made. Yeah. So I want to move into more of like the mindset work about, you know, obviously with nutrition, it's physical, but a lot of it comes within the mind so basically how mindset has an impact of the food and the way that we think I think mindset's um just one part of the equation I think uh it, it can take a really long time to get into that positive mindset and have like a regular routine where you're going for the right foods I think that's a bit of a different topic and that can come from habit and repeat you know repetitive behavior um I I also strongly believe that mindset can come from um, you know, it can be the after effect of what we're eating and how we're eating. Uh, for example, you know, like um, eating a really high processed, sugary, high salt, high vegetable oil diet, diet um, can can lower our mood because it affects our gut. It affects mm. our metabolism, our hormone structure. So, um, from a like a physical point of view. You've got, if you're going to be eating um, a diet like that, it's going to affect your mindset um, because it's, they're the wrong foods for you. Uh, yeah. Same as if you're eating something that you're intolerant to or have an allergy to and you don't recognize, that can really impact our mood. Mm. Um, so there's that perspective where what you eat actually directly impacts your mindset um and affects your cortisol levels which is obviously um your stress response uh and then as i said i think that the other side of the mindset is if you're like going to have a positive mindset and, and choosing a way to eat not only will you be making better choices um of what you're putting in your body which will help your mindset um but it's also there's a really nice element of control there and i think a lot of mindset is about being being in control and and when we're on these like you know, um, really highly processed diets that we just, or we're just grabbing things because we're busy. Um, mm. 
think that that can be a bit of a slippery slope because suddenly things feel out of control and that's when you see a lot of people kind of spiral, go for more alcohol, go for sugary snacks and energy boosting foods um, just to keep them going, more coffee, uh, and that can ruin the mindset as well. So I think mindset's a really um, important aspect of nutrition. It's just whether, and I always look to, to include it in anyone's treatment plan, um, it's just what perspective and what um, how you look at it, I guess. Yeah, and for someone who maybe does have a really busy lifestyle and they find themselves, you know, come back home and they've got, nothing there but the processed sugary foods or you know maybe they do have like the healthy vegetables but they just can't bother to make it what would what advice would you give to someone who does have that lifestyle and they're just trying to be healthier but they just can't seem to find the time or even the motivation you know yeah I think um I this we're really lucky these days like there are a lot of foods off the supermarket shelf that are actually healthy and they do avoid the um, high sugars and the vegetable oils and and, um, more processed foods. And, you know, you can buy good soups. You can um, have, you know, some like um, salmon, like the the regal king salmon in the fridge that you could add to a salad. Like there's there's great foods available if you know what to eat um, that you could have that won't have no guilt attached to it, you know. Mm. Um, And I think it's... um, being guided in that area and knowing what you can have and then and that way it takes that pressure off if you are because let's face it everyone's so busy these days um I even recently did a supermarket shred which was literally based on foods that you could buy off the supermarket shelf and be guilt-free and still able to achieve say weight loss goals um have energy and not interrupt like in throw out your hormones and disrupt um, your goals. So there are foods out there. I, I just recommend doing the research or, um, you know, finding a practitioner that can help in that area because, mm. you don't, like, I, I really disagree now that we all need to be in the kitchen all day. I just, we, ha- we have so much access to, you know, um, slow cookers, even like just the food off the supermarket shelves. There's so many options to have good, healthy food at your disposal uh, without breaking the bank, without causing you stress and without spending more than like five or 10 minutes in the kitchen. Yeah. So what would you say foods that are good for balancing hormones? Obviously, it's always going to depend on what if there is a hormone imbalance. But let's say like a really good, healthy, female-friendly diet, which is probably um, the best way to look at it where we're making sure that you're um, getting enough phytoestrogens so your hormones, uh, your um, estrogens are being metabolised properly and um, detoxified properly to keep them at a good level, um, that you're getting, you know, your vitamin A's and E's and skin-supporting supplements because we all want mm. beautiful skin. Um, I would be saying making sure that you're having an abundance of fresh fruit and vegetables and not just fresh. So you can do the frozen these days. I feel like that's um, a very overlooked part if you are a busy person. So having like every meal consisting of some sort of vegetable, um, preferably the leafy greens is always going to be like your high fiber, um, your vitamin A's, your um, indole-3-carbinol, which assists with hormone detoxification. So your leafy greens is really important. Your phytoestrogen, so your organic soys and tempeh and um, less 
to do less process, like less soy milks and, and um, soy sauces and things like that, but more your natural forms of soy, your flaxseed, linseed, your nuts and seeds, easy like go-to mm. snacks, um, fresh fruit and veggies. Um, the fruit I'd probably stick with more like your um, high vitamin C, high antioxidants, so your fruits and your berries, um, your kiwi fruits, your um, you know, mandarins, things like that, which are all really beautiful and skin supportive mm. too. Um, and obviously your lean proteins and, and that's fish, like your omega-3s. Um, again, like my, my favourites, the king, uh, the regal king salmon, um, which is, you know, New Zealand and sustainable and beautiful fish. And, you know, you can, you can buy the smoked salmon or the fillets off the supermarket shelf. Um, especially for those who are very fish conscious, which yeah. I hope we all are. Um, but that's all going to be very um, potent antioxidants and anti-inflammatories and high in vitamin A and iodine and all very skin supportive as well. So I guess it's a way to glow from the inside is by by eating these foods on a regular basis um, and making sure that you're, you are avoiding the refined sugars and the vegetable oils. They'd be my probably top two that really interfere um, with our hormone yeah. balance and obviously like excess alcohol and all those fun yeah. things that we should just be mindful of. We, we can always yeah. have balance. And I think also going along with that, like, you know, having a healthy diet is, I think like a lot of people kind of know, like, you know, what kind of foods to eat and, you know, you stick with the fresh fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing. But I found that within like my health journey, when I first got into health, I kind of got a bit like obsessive with being like really with the mm -hmm. clean eating, like nothing in my food could have anything that was artificial or like, you know, obviously checking the ingredients on the back of things are great because you want to make sure that they are fresh, yeah. like whole ingredients, but to the point where, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want anything preserved as nothing, but it got quite like stressful and it was like a lot on my mind does that actually have an impact on your weight because rather than like you can be eating the healthiest diet and you can be exercising but does the stress make you like cling on to weight is that like a thing absolutely yeah so so this really um big obsession with clean eating is called mm. orthoplexia and it is a thing and it's um it it's you know I guess I get red flags when I see a client and they're they're eating better than I am <laughs> And I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe there's something in there you're just going too far and I can see mm. the obsession. Now, the problem with this um, overthinking everything and being really obsessed and it's wonderful to do clean eating, um, but when you go that next level, uh, cortisol and weight gain are very real and they're very um, intertwined. So cortisol is your fight or flight yeah. response. Um, your adrenal gland, glands secrete it when we're in a stressful situation. So back in the day, as they say, being chased by a tiger, being chased by an ambulance, yeah. I can hear in the background. By you. <laughs> but now we're seeing that um, as this cortisol being elevated constantly because we're all under a lot of stress. And, and the problem with this is, you know, you know when, when your cortisol levels are elevated, your body's natural reaction is to stop metabolising food because you need that, mm -hmm. you need to go. Um constantly in this state of um, fight or flight your body it, it's not going to start metabolizing at food so every time you eat glucose and carbohydrates in particular especially your, your um, refined it's going to store it and usually that's stored around the waist section yeah. like the belly button um, 
and it is caused um, called insulin resistance essentially. It's like your fat cells don't have an off switch. Um, they just quit letting the food in. Now this happens in about 85% of the population um, where they tend to have that reaction reaction, and you, you'll find it more in, say, emotional eaters who are also running mm. on cortisol, um, that they're storing this food and, and they're starting to see that the changes a lot around the waist. Um, and then you have 15% of the population who probably appetites will shut down during this state of um, stress. And whilst, you know, people are always like, I want to be one of the people who loses <laughs> yeah. weight when I'm stressed. It's not that good either because, you know, you're not absorbing yeah. nutrients, um, not getting enough nutrients. And, and, again, that will change your hormonal structure, your thyroid. You know, you might go into hyperthyroidism, which um, is is just, you know, is just as dangerous and uncomfortable and stressful and awful as, say, hypothyroidism where you tend to see more weight gain. Um, so, yeah, look, I think um, cortisol is really responsible for a lot of weight issues and it's probably like the pinnacle of where I would start to treat um, any hormonal imbalances, like your sleep and your stress levels are really important because without good sleep you're not recovering mm -hmm. from the stress and it's just a cycle of how it impacts everything else. Yeah, so if a client wants to come to you and say that they did have issues with maybe yeah, emotional eating, overeating, um, but they're still eating healthy and they're still exercising, but obviously it's like a mindset thing. They're using food as a tool to de-stress, but it's obviously yeah. making them gain weight. And, you know, it's very up and down, right? Because when you overeat, you gain a lot of weight quickly and then you're trying to like restrict again. And it's like an endless cycle. Yeah, How would yeah. you go about treating that client and what advice would you kind of give to them? So generally, um, obviously this is general advice, but I would ask, look at a whole day's mm -hmm. worth of what they're eating. Um, another, a, a good thing to do, a good trick to do is, you know, there's a lot of mindless eating in those times. Um, but I ask my clients to, to get an extra plate out. So get two plates out and whenever you're eating, I want you to put the equivalent of what you've just eaten on that plate. And I want you to see in that day how much you have actually eaten because it's all very well to stand at the pantry and go, I'm just having a few nuts. I'm just having a few mm. bits of chocolate or whatever it is. Once you see it on a plate, that can be a really big eye opener that how much you're actually eating. Um, so that's one method I like them to do. I like to find out what your favorite foods are and see what healthy changes we can make. You know, if you're, you're mindlessly snacking on milk chocolate, which is a big one because of the mm. high sugar, so it's high energy. So and give you that boost plus a bit of caffeine um then let's swap it to dark chocolate and then let's start to reduce how much you're having and increase the chocolate load um you know the sorry the cacao amount um i also like to make sure that you're chewing your food so jaw jaw chewing is a stress relief like a lot of people clench mm. their jaws at night and that's a sign of stress um and a lot of people find that they need to chew food to uh, reduce their stress as well. So that's where I'm a little bit anti the whole smoothie soups all the time, things like that, all those meal replacements because it's not dealing with that okay. factor. So that's where it's really good. Not chewing gum. We're not going down <laughs> chewing gum lane because that's got to stop in there. But like some really good like, you know, activated mm. nuts or um, nut clusters. 
bars or things like that that are actually going to activate that and, and give you something physically to do. Yeah, is that why crunchy food is just so satisfying? <laughs> so satisfying. <laughs> so satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Even find that, but you know, with that, even the snacks like nuts or even like if you buy like healthy crisps, whatever, I feel like it's really easy to overeat on those things because yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you just you just keep going. Those foods are designed to do that. You know, yeah. like those foods are made by the best mm-hmm. food scientists in the world. So because, you know, they've worked out the sweet spot of health and, uh, sorry, the fats and carbohydrates where you physically cannot yeah. stop eating it. It's very, they're very clever. Um, if, if we can swap to some healthier versions of those foods, that's one really good way to, to um, sort of satisfy that. But making sure there's protein and healthy fats with every meal. So healthy fats is what's going to increase the mm-hmm. nutrient absorption. And your protein is what's going to keep you yeah. full for longer. So, you know, and making sure as well, like I know that we're all very prone and anti-carbohydrates, but having some um, healthy carbs like your brown rice, your quinoa, um, you know, amaranth, tapioca, all of these foods which are slower to digest, they're going to provide you with B vitamins, which is anti-stress fiber to keep everything regular and keep your hormones in balance so making sure that you know set out your day if you need to if you need need a plan being told what to eat and when and making sure that there's water with every one of those meals and snacks um that can really be a huge stress relief because it's taking that pressure off of what to eat uh, and it's also it's giving you a plan it's giving you healthier options of foods that you love and we're keeping you full and hydrated mm. with water too. And would you say also keeping within like the balance for me, I like to have, you know, like the 80 20 rule where obviously 80% of the time you're staying healthy and fit and all that, but then 20% of the time you do let yourself have, you know, treats here and there because I feel like you can't be perfect 100% of the time. Like I've tried, <laughs> but it's always going to bounce back. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. your body can't physically, because you're like restricting yourself, even if you feel like you're not restricting yourself from the food yeah but I think mentally you're still restricting yourself because you're like telling yourself I can only eat that amount or I can only eat this at this certain time it's like more taxing on the mind I'm definitely yeah 80-20 I think is fantastic as like in the back of your mind I don't think like if you can avoid having to write things down um you know and and weighing or measuring or doing anything like that and just simply going you know what I'm going to go out to dinner with my girlfriends and I'm going to get a beautiful bowl of pasta and have a good bottle of wine bottle of wine and share and and um enjoy myself then and not overthink it and um I think that is really important and that's just important for you know human well-being yeah what are some tips that you would give someone to help them feel less stressed around those situations going out for dinner for example and they're having they have all this like pasta and whatever in front of them how would you help a client to kind of feel less stressed in those situations that you know thoughts of like oh my god it's going to make me gain weight or it's gonna you know feel like this yeah I think I think there's um there's a lot to be said in knowing you've got a plan the next day so um, whether it be getting up and doing some exercise, which I'd always recommend anyway, um, and and being kind to yourself as well. Like, um, yes, you know, we can often go out and have a binge, whether it be food or alcohol or both. But uh, instead of, um, you know, punishing yourself the next day, nourish yourself, go for that walk. Um, know that you'll pick up the pieces tomorrow. Start your day with some beautiful eggs on, on some sourdough and don't deprive yourself and don't... Um, and back it up with like burgers and and fast mm. food and things like go and go and eat 
food the next day, relax the night before, um, you know, drink lots of water, please. And drinking uh, still water is much um, better for you because it actually suppresses your appetite six times more than sparkling water. So those little, yeah, yeah, I know. So those little, little things, like if you're going out to dinner, drink the still water. You don't need the sparkling. It's going to suppress your appetite. Have the pasta, but get the entree size. Um, you know, maybe avoid the bread before you're eating because all it's going to do is take up precious space for all the other better food. And then instead of bread, you know, make sure you have dessert or something like that. I think it's more about letting go. It's not every night. It's not every second night. It's got to be, you know, a couple times a week. And I, I think there's a lot to be said about overeating as well like you can enjoy beautiful food you just don't have to eat mm. all of it <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like have plates you don't need to eat everything on the plate um and I think you'll feel better about yourself and and stick with that other rule which is feeling 80 yeah. full. for someone who kind of struggles with eating like not having to eat everything that's in front of them because I feel like maybe it comes back to you know maybe childhood lessons or being like your parents like you have to eat everything in your plate and then obviously we kind of take that on to what we are like now what kind of you know tips that you get that you can give to someone that perhaps will help them you know recognize when they are full and actually be like you know what that's enough I don't need anymore even if it's in front of me and even if it's really good (laughs) um Definitely sticking with the flat water, which is going to fill you up. Um, Making sure that I think it's often a good idea to share with friends if you're going to be eating out. And that way you get like a side plate, um, you know, and and you fill up your side plate and you'll probably find that that's enough once once you've done that. Um, And often there's a lot of the best thing I think about going out with friends is obviously you're eating and talking and it's a much slower process and you know, sitting down on a couch and eating mm. in front of the telly um, or you, you're not talking to anyone else and it can be a bit of a rush job. Like I think, um, you know, it's, it's a way that, say, the Mediterranean eat, the Medi- Mediterranean diet, one of the reasons they're so successful is because they sit and they sit and they talk and they um, share and they, they tend to consume less in that respect. And they still, you know, have the bread and have the pasta mm-hmm. and everything, but it's not necessarily these enormous amounts that uh, we might have if we were just sitting at home alone. So I think um, there's something to be said about slowing down and enjoying yourself and enjoying what you're eating. And you'll probably find just by doing that and being around people, you'll eat less. Yeah. And do we need to be mindful of the amount of calories that we're eating to either, you know, sustain our weight or potentially lose weight? Look, I'm not a calorie counter and I never, I, I have been in the past and I, I found it really detrimental to my mm-hmm. um, mental health. You know, there, there's a time when you look at any menu and you know how many calories are in that dish and that, and it becomes uh, your whole world, yeah. really. You, you obsess yeah. about it, how many plates are in the day and, and calories, aren't, yeah, but they're not created equal. Um, and you know, we all need different amounts based on our metabolism and our hormones and our thyroid and, um, where we are in our stress levels. So, um, I really, really push all my clients to avoid looking at calories and calorie counting and think of it more of like, um, micronutrients, which are, you know, making sure that you're getting an abundance of color on your plate because, it's the, you know, that that's where you're going to fill up on the right nutrients, 
once your body gets used to eating like that, as I said, you know, that whole mindful can take a long time, that mindfulness to to trigger and for you to form habits, like these long-term healthy habits. But once you do, it just becomes more of a normal way of eating and your body seeks out those foods and doesn't particularly like Mm. to overeat. Like I think people who don't overeat often, when they do, it's really uncomfortable. You suddenly realise that this is not like I don't want to feel like this anymore. So, yeah, look, I think there's something to be said about avoiding the calorie counting but making sure that there are there's there's something of each food group yeah. on your plate the protein whole grains um lots of veggies as i said veggies and salads and always like a drizzle of olive oil yeah like basically just focusing yeah. on the quality and like the vitamins and nutrients that a food will give you rather than yeah, yeah rather than like whether how many calories is this because i think yeah naturally when you do start to eat the things that just have more volume in general like you will feel more satisfied and full i feel like for me when i i definitely notice the difference when i include like more like fat healthy fats and protein i just feel more satisfied rather than if i just ate something that was um obviously i still eat carbs but something that's like mainly carbs i just don't feel yeah. even though i feel full i don't feel like satisfied and i think yeah when you begin to add- and there's, a, there's probably a bit of guilt there yeah, too and like and, and that can take away from the satisfaction as yeah, well yeah and there's like so many healthy alternatives that you can have as well for example for me like normal pasta I'll sub it for like um you know like the pea pulse pasta and I feel yeah. like it just it tastes the same yeah it tastes the same we love we love the edamame yes. um spaghetti yeah it's Slendian. it's all candy. It's so like it's so filling because it really is like it's all protein. Um, yeah, I know that's so yeah. good. I use that all the time too. Yeah, yeah, and you don't need a lot of carbs in your day. Like if carbs make you feel sluggish or um, you know you get any sort of symptoms after eating carbs, um, fatigue, sluggishness, like nausea, anything like that, it can be a sign mm. of a food intolerance as well. Which is why I generally recommend to to choose the more. Um, not necessarily because you're gluten-free, but a lot of gluten-free alternatives um, will remove that sort of heavy feeling. Yeah. So when mm. it comes to hormonal imbalance, how would we even know that we have an unbalanced hormones? That's such a good question. Uh, there's so many symptoms that I think um, as girls we've kind of been oh, taught to believe that there are a lot of symptoms that we just need to put up with and it's just part of being female. Um, you know, a lot of symptoms around irregular menstrual uh, or menstrual irregularities. You know, back in the day when I had endometriosis but undiagnosed and I had shocking period pain and really heavy periods mm. and would get, um, you know, outbreaks on my um, chin, for example, every month. And it was it, it so led to believe that that's normal and it's just normal part of being a girl. And now we know that's not true and these are not symptoms that you just have to put yeah. up with. Um you know, so I guess like everything ranging from PMS, so premenstrual syndrome can be a sign of um, low progesterone levels or a dominant estrogen, um, polycystic ovaries or that weight gain, you know, around the stomach um, can be a sign of insulin, insulin resistance, which is often related to excess testosterone. Any skin issues, like where your skin breaks out can be a sign of, you know, say jaw Jaw, um, chest, neck is more testosterone, whereas your chin, T-section is more estrogen. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I definitely notice that, like, before it's my menstrual cycle, I'll, I, like, my skin generally is really clear, but I'll get, like, 
one breakout on my chin or something and it's like always yeah. like the time you know I'm like, oh there we yeah. go I'm getting my period <laughs> and like and you know things like that that all used to be like normal I don't consider it normal I don't consider any of these symptoms something that we should ever have mm-hmm. to put up with um and, and it can be simply a matter of for you maybe boosting your progesterone at that time of the month which would therefore bring your estrogen levels down uh and decrease that um the outbreaks so usually a lot of supplements are used in sort of hormone balancing so um making sure that your liver's functioning properly um fiber milk thistle rosemary um more along your like herbs and then um vitex so chaseberry tree um helps to increase progesterone levels um and then also looking at say maybe like um a methylated soy which will help with clear out estrogen or excess estrogen levels estrogen is not the enemy it's just that if your body's not metabolizing it properly mm-hmm. and it's say it's circulating your system and building up and causing any of these signs and symptoms then it's a sign you know that it might need um, a bit of assistance or your body needs assistance somewhere in clearing yeah. it out it's really cool to see it a lot especially these days because we're surrounded by so many chemicals. Yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, the si- the signs and symptoms are extensive, like, and that's just going off excess estrogen and testosterone and progesterone levels. Then you go, like, perimenopause and menopause, you know, so you've got your hot mm. flushes and your changes in mood and weight gain and, um, and even, like, your thyroid um, issues. So that could be thinning of the eyebrows, the outer third of your eyebrows, um, hair loss, scaly st- skin, inability to lose weight. So... To me, any of these symptoms, I say they're yeah. not normal. They're something that um, I think needs more investigation and can generally be corrected. Yeah, definitely. Because if we, you know, said, that, I guess the most common symptoms I would say that people experience are probably PMS, like the mood swings before um, or, you know, skin breaking out or feeling like particularly like bloated or just more like yeah. puffy. How would you... How can we kind of like regulate that and avoid that? A really high like anti-inflammatory, high antioxidant diet. Um, And that's, you know, what we've been talking about, the phytoestrogen. So your flax seeds, your um, organic soys, your really good fish and fish oils. Um, Cod liver oil, for example, has really good high vitamin A. So that's very good for skin as well. Um, Vitamin E. So that like evening primrose oil, that helps with hormone balance too. So that's where my... um, I created the E3 diet, which was a high, very high doses of vitamin A and omega-3s. Um, mm-hmm. And that was to help you reduce that inflammation, which will, um, again, help with gut health, which helps with hormone balance. So it's kind of like the on-flow effect yeah. and making sure you're, you're having the abundance of um, fruit and veggies in the day and the nuts and seeds and the healthy fats and the proteins. I think if you've got a really good basis and um, the bones of a good diet and you have a good idea of what every day should consist of. You know, some days you, you're going to eat more or less of some things, but you've got like those, um, the bones to it, mm. then that's a good start. And the first start I would always um, encourage someone to make if they had a hormone imbalance. And then it's also what you're not eating. So eradicating these vegetable oils, which are very inflammatory, um, eradicating the excess sugars, if you're gluten sensitive, that's a really important one. Um, A2 dairy milk can be better for girls suffering endometriosis. So there's a lot of like uh, foods that we should look at specifically to you as well, like, um, you know, depending on the hormone balance, imbalance. 
are making sure you get enough iodine, making sure you get enough vitamin D, so getting outside mm. and probably exercising outside on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, if, you've got, if you've got those, you know, the diet and the exercise covered, that's when I usually go, right, um, what symptoms are still being experienced? Do we need to do some gut repair? Uh, you know, reline the gut lining because that's where um, effectively you're, if you've got high stress, it takes your gut lining to make that cortisol. Um, so that's when once you've got like, you know, I think the, the diet and the exercise lined up, that's when you go a little bit deeper and go, are we looking at gut? Are we going straight to rebalance these hormones? Uh, are we looking at the thyroid? So mm. it's there's okay. no one size fits all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like hard to give one answer, right? Because everyone's obviously so individual. Um, yeah, and I don't want everyone running off going, I need to eat, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, of course. <laughs> whatever like there's um you know get it right for you and the long-term results will like fall into place yeah because I feel like gut health has so much to do with the way that your body looks and the way that your food digests and your energy levels like I hear so many girls who'd be like oh I fixed my gut issues and like I don't know they've just like you know look so much brighter and healthier yeah you might drop the weight you know it's crazy that's like your number one. Like it's one of those things, you know, if, if you're highly stressed, your gut's going to be affected. If your hormones are out of balance, it's going to be your gut. Mm. Um, you know, it like it's just by by fixing the gut and removing any, say, inflammatory foods can be like absolutely life-changing. Yeah. And do you recommend taking um, like probiotics and prebiotics to help with the gut? Absolutely, yeah. Pre- prebiotics are so important, you know, making sure that you're like um, a good non-sugar filled kombucha mm-hmm. um having like half of that every day or you know a shot of that every day um obviously your fibers are really good prebiotics so making sure that we're having plenty of fiber um whether it's psyllium or flax or linseed and then again your vegetables and fruits as well um that's super important because that fiber so you know if you're not regular if you're not regularly going to the bathroom or they're not properly formed or anything like that there's obviously an issue there and um your body can continually circulate those toxins so fiber is really important to get rid of the toxins yeah um yes but i i'm not of the mentality that we all just need to take a random probiotic every day Mm. um there's, there's probiotics for certain things you know it's such a small we've only researched such a small area but there's billions of bacteria in our in our gut and if you're just constantly taking the same probiotic you're just replenishing the same thing and maybe throwing that out of balance so it's a it's such a delicate um structure down there i think getting the right advice getting the right probiotic um again there's no one size fits all mm. and possibly doing some gut work so say you're you are high stressed or you're experiencing what's called leaky gut uh, which is where the nutrients are being leached out of the gut and be, due to a compromise in the gut lining that we see a lot in, say, really stressed people or um, anyone suffering from a food intolerance or even autoimmune disease. And you can reline that gut lining with, say, glutamine and zinc, and yeah. that will help to decrease your cortisol levels and help your body to remake the neurotransmitters that it made in the gut. Um, and just often it leads to such... Um, like anti-inflammatory that people see a lot of weight loss quite it's often like fluid retention and bloating that's what goes but yeah. that can result in 
in yeah immediate weight loss yeah so it's so interesting by just like fixing these little things well not so little things but you know you mm-hmm. think it's like a little thing it changes so much um but would you say that we need to be taking any other vitamins on like a daily basis or you know it's it do we need do we need to be getting that mainly from food is that like the ideal Oh, look, the ideal is food. Um, like omega-3s are best absorbed through food, through like oily fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a vegetarian, then say getting like walnuts and chia seeds and um, that's your best way to get your omegas. Your body doesn't quite convert it in the same way, but um, I guess better than nothing. I think, um, you know, as we touched on, everyone's quite time poor and um you know with the cost of living going up and and organic produce is just unbelievable and not only that wrapped in plastic so is it really organic um uh, yeah, and i feel like the organic choices here are just so minimal it's like one oh, meal. it's like nothing there oh, it's nothing there and it's extortionate it's like you know yeah. 10 dollars yeah. um it is it is ridiculous so if you don't have access to that um, and always obviously washing vegetables and fruits that you um, do have. But I think like a really good multivitamin, and I mean a good one, I don't mean like just off the supermarket shelf. Mm-hmm. There's there's therapeutic grade supplements have been, you know, tested for quality. There's a reason they're therapeutic grade. They're the best that you can get. And they're often cheaper than what's just on the supermarket shelf. But if you're like, you know, just taking a, multivitamin or just for the sake of it you're probably just flushing it down the toilet let's be honest Mm, I think I think there's um a time and a place for supplements um I think that we should vitamin d is a really big one we're all deficient so getting like a, a really good vitamin d um and taking that daily is is very important um even if we're in the sun a lot we still need to be taking vitamin d yeah, look, vitamin D is a funny one. So if you're in the sun every day at midday with your clothes off, essentially, like it's it's your tummy and under your arms are the best places to absorb vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're lucky enough to sit in the sun every day for an hour in your bikini, then, you know, you probably don't need um, to take a vitamin D supplement. But if you're uh, more of an olive complexion, then you don't absorb it as well. Like if you're sitting in an office all day, there's just no way you know, and and then during during winter, I mean, I live in, in the Southern Highlands and it's pretty cold down here. There's not yeah. a lot of sun. Um, you know, we're, we're mostly deficient. Like to get that level would be pretty difficult. Uh, okay. Realistically, like 4,000 IUs a day is probably um, a good starting point for yeah. anyone taking a vitamin D supplement. And does it matter on the timing that you take these supplements? Because I heard that mm-hmm. taking obviously like vitamin D and iron and stuff like that in the morning is good, but then in the evening... You should be taking things like magnesium and yes that's correct um you've got to think about like what what causes your energy so um your iron's energy and if you take that sort of any time from lunchtime afterwards or more towards evening it can really interrupt your sleep Mm. um in saying that if you have an issue taking it, it can make you nauseous you can take iron before bed but i usually only recommend that for my pregnant girls if they're struggling um should be taken with food. Um, most supplements should be taken with food just to increase absorption and, and also reduce any, you know, nausea, risk of nausea. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin D, again, you know, and energy, we're looking at your circadian rhythms and, and um, your immune system there. So I always suggest taking that sort of in the day. But with food, it's fat-soluble, so you need to take it with 
um, some other sort of food source that has fat in it. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, again, B vitamins you want to take in the morning as well because that's going to give you an energy boost. Yeah. And you mentioned um, about the E3 diet. Do you want to explain a bit more, you know, what it is and how it helps with weight loss in your clients? Sure. Um, because it's such a huge focus on your anti-inflammatories, um, your antioxidants, your vitamin A, iodine, everything that really supports, um, I guess, weight loss and beautiful skin, because i I like to make sure they go hand in hand. We all want beautiful skin. Yeah, um, I, yeah it's always important. It's you know, yeah. it's the first we, want thing the, we, we want the glow, the inner glow, we and want the outer glow. glow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, so it, it's a big focus on on those aspects, but it also removes refined sugars, um, your processed foods, so anything that causes inflammation. So. Um, it helps with insulin resistance, so it helps your body to metabolize glucose and carbohydrates. It also focuses on um, metabolism boosters, being like your green tea, your dark chocolate. See, I'm not, I'm not always not fun. Um, <laughs> I, love really, chocolate. <laughs> I love my dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah, like, every night, <laughs> every night. Yeah, uh, and it's just that little, you know, little treat before bed. And yeah. again. You can definitely train yourself to, um, you know, a couple of squares and you've had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making sure that if you're going to drink wine, then it might be like your Pinot Noir, which at least has high levels of resveratrol in there, which is very anti-inflammatory and, again, good for your skin. So it's a diet based on um, I think it's a really realistic diet. It's not like do this for a week and, like, you know, that was so hard, you know, big detox or mm-hmm. um, restrictive in any way. I think it's more about having an abundance of nutrients that are going to assist with you with your goals, but also removing the foods that are going to um, call, inhibit you from reaching those goals. So it is planned to be like long-term and, and to help you create really good habits. Yeah. So what kind of foods um, are the best for glowing skin? Your oily fish, so your regal salmon, um, your trout, sardines, mackerel if you're into fish. You've got your walnuts, you've got your chia seeds, you've got your leafy greens. um, And then I even love like, you know, your your good probiotics, like a really good Greek yogurt, Um, not Greek style. It's got to be Greek, proper Greek Mm -hmm. because they're higher in protein. Um, your berries, which are full of antioxidants and vitamin C, again, for glowing skin and for wound healing. Um, I love your nuts and seeds. So anything that's like like a, a beautiful paleo or keto muesli, like the Farmer Joe, do a really beautiful mix of, you know, your all your um, best sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds and um, zinc, which is always good for skin, it's good for hormone balance, good for your libido, good for immune system. So it's very much like making sure every day you get an abundance of nutrients that's going, yeah. And then when you're eating like that, you tend to not want the bad Yeah, how does that happen? I guess it's just our body's getting used to the foods that it feels good on and it's like we automatically do just crave those things. And that's definitely something that I noticed when I switched um I guess my diet and I started eating more whole foods like I just now I just literally don't crave like the burgers or the pizzas or any like it just doesn't was it's not my first choice and if I am eating those things I would want it to be like you know healthy in some way or another like make it myself or yes exactly I think and it is that like once you eat 
those foods on a regular basis, your body tends to want them because they're so full of nutrients that that's, it becomes the go-to. You talked a lot about everyone being quite individual in like the ways that they eat. How important is eating for our own bodies? Because there are so many like rules and advice put out there. How do we go about eating in a way that is right for us? Is it just trial and error or is it like we need to be seeing a specialist for this? Um, But if, you know, people can't necessarily afford a specialist, like what kind of advice would you give them? Obviously, seeing a specialist is, is the first way to go because they're going to hone in on you. It's going to be holistic according to you and your body and your exact hormone balance and where you're at and your goals. It's always important um, for us that we take into account your goals because it's all very well for someone to come in with, you know, they might come in with bad skin, but they want to lose weight and they don't care about the skin. And yeah. you, you can't can't be that person's like, but how about, you know. <laughs> so it, it's very much like what, what are your goals? And my job is to work out the best way to get there that's right for you, that's going to give you the most benefits. Um, if if you can't afford that, I think um, starting with the whole write down what you're eating, you know, for two or three days, look at it and go, where, where can I improve? Am I getting protein with every meal? Am I having some sort of fresh fruit or vegetable with every meal? You know, like have I had beige food all day? Am I having wheat bix, a sandwich and pasta? Like, Think really, you know, is there an abundance of colour in my diet? And think about things like um, signs and symptoms when you write this diary, like, oh, yeah, I, I ate that sandwich and I did feel really tired afterwards or I had to go to the bathroom really quickly or um, I was bloated for the afternoon. Like start to get to know your body. Mm. Start to, to recognise that, um, you know, think about your period. Okay, if you're someone who's always suffered from um, painful periods or breakouts or something, like, let that be a trigger that there's something there because, um, you know, you don't need to ignore this and it doesn't need to be something you just put up with. But I think there's something to be said about really getting to know your body. Yeah. Um, take note of it. It doesn't have to be long-term, but just start to recognise signs and symptoms and then make the changes based on that. Like where, look at this diet, where can I improve that? Okay, well, maybe I won't have pasta for dinner. Maybe I can put in a fish dish mm. or protein and vegetables maybe tonight I'll swap the milk chocolate for some dark chocolate yeah um tomorrow I'm going to make sure I get up and and you know say something positive and then go for a 20 minute walk or get outside at some stage I think there's a lot to be said that like we're not stupid I think there's yes there's an abundance of information but go back to the basics go back to the Mediterranean diet look at how they eat that's probably my best form of advice because they're still enjoying their pastas and sourdoughs and puddings and things like that so how are they enjoying it and how are they so healthy and start to implement those into your life yeah I think it's a mix between the actual food and also just the lifestyle that you live and like the stress that you have because yeah if you're stressing about every single thing that you eat it's like it's that's not a happy way to live you know because you're like holding on to that stress and it makes fun it makes food not enjoyable but um yeah even when you go back to you know when like obviously as women we have our menstrual cycle do we have to be eating differently depending on which phase we're in because I've heard a lot about you know depending on which which phase you're in we should be kind of monitoring what kind of exercise we're doing and also what kind of foods we're eating to help support ourselves in that week or in that cycle I think there's um there's a lot of focus on that at the moment um in my humble opinion I think 
um, it's too much to think about, <laughs> you know, like we we like having to tweak your diet and exercise regime based on when your progesterone's um, peaking and estrogen's declining, when realistically, if you really just stop and listen to what your body's after, it's going to tell you if it's tired and it's, you know, maybe you just want to walk today and not go to the gym or just do a Pilates or a yoga session, which I hope you do every day. Um, they're my favourite, my number ones yeah. for females. Um, yeah, but I think like... Yeah, so yeah, Pilates and just the the little muscles that tend to be neglected. They're they're the ones that are going to keep you toned and in shape and long and lean. Mm. And, and uh, you know, if that's the look you're going for, then that's highly the exercise that I'd recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's a lot to be like. We already have so much to think about. If you have to then, as I said, like think about the calories you're consuming. You, our metabolisms naturally boost when we um, become up to our periods. So we naturally want to eat more. My best advice is eat more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah. You know, you don't have to don't, don't eat the wrong food because it really can escalate feelings, um, you know, symptoms of PMS and PMDD and, uh, sorry, it's my dog. Um, sorry. And uh, can increase bloating and everything. So stick with, like, the good foods that you have been eating all month Um but maybe just increase a little bit more, eat some more whole grains, eat some more, you know, brown rice and or have enjoy that bowl of pasta. Mm. You know, um, I, I think there's something to be said about nourishing yourself at that time. And if you don't feel like exercising, as I said, walking, sorry, walking, um, Pilates, yoga, gentle exercises is very important. But, you know, after your period, you generally will feel a little bit more energetic. So maybe that's the time when you start to put those runs back in or, you know, increase the weights if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think it's listening to your body. Yeah, I think that really is it. It is really just like listening to your own body and just seeing what really feels good for you. And I think sometimes people might be like, okay, well, how do I listen to my own body? Like, how do I listen to my intuition? But I think with that, it's like we need to give ourselves space and time to actually give us a chance to actually do that. And I think a lot of time we can be so like busy and be like on the go and, you know, do this and this and like have everything booked in. So we don't give ourselves a chance to listen to our own body. But it's just about sitting down being like, okay, like how do I actually feel like do a body scan? Like what Mm. is my body actually telling me that I need? Am I hungry or is it just because I'm stressed or just anxious? Yeah, just really thirsty or dehydrated or yeah because we we do tend to do that as a lot and I think there's you know like trying to just stop and eat for 10 minutes and not be doing a million things and then noticing like oh god that barley or whatever didn't agree with me Mm -hmm. recognizing that and not just soldiering through or looking back at the end of your day and go how's my energy you know um have it have a little think about it journal it for a little while if you need to and then once you start to get it in your head, that will start to make the changes and help you make the changes. Um, and again, like there's, as I said, like supplements can make the world of difference to a lot of girls as well. Mm. Um, that, that can be like the make or break of, of how they're feeling and how their menstrual cycles are and, and how they suffer and how much they suffer. Um, but making sure you're prescribed the correct ones on, you know, magnesium's fabulous and we should all be on taking a, a good quality magnesium, but whether, you know, you might need a sleep magnesium, whereas I might need an energy magnesium. So there's so many different um, concoctions and, and different brands and everything, but getting the right advice is really important. And, you know, if, if affordability of seeing someone's a problem, I think you'll find that, 
um, so many practitioners are so happy just to see you on a one-off. Like it's so rare that I make my clients come back and back and back and back. Um, to me, if that happens, I haven't done a very good job. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably judge myself on that. Like I, I like to get my clients results and I like them to um, to see results mm-hmm. and to then know because once you do, you, you know you're on the right path. Yeah. Hormones are because they're always three months. It's always a three-month, 100-day turnaround to, to rebalance them. And there's a million, as we've talked about, a million different ways to rebalance them, whether it's through the gut, whether it's through, you know, a histamine, antihistamine diet, whatever it is. Um and I, and I always have to ask my clients to give me the time of that three months so that you do see the changes along the way, but, um, you know, know that it's probably going to take that long. And I require a commitment, for example, of um, maybe three months worth of supplements that are going to help with changing that balance. But I don't, still would always expect my clients to see good uh, positive changes along the way yeah and again that's yeah, yeah it's all about obviously the consistency you can't just do something for two weeks and expect you know things to happen you need to actually give it a chance and also it's it sounds like you're just kind of showing them the rope so then after that they can just kind of live their life and just be more mindful about it because I think it's like once you kind of solve the bulk of the problem you just don't you don't have to be as strict after that right but it's just yeah. you know getting that out of the it's, way first to then get that out of the way yeah. exactly yeah. if you're susceptible to any sort of imbalance whether it's genetic or you know you've got some sort of malfunction say for endometriosis um you know my body doesn't detoxify estrogen like it should um then yes this will be an ongoing thing but once you've made the bulk of the changes like you said then it you know i, I enjoy my wine i enjoy my chocolate i enjoy eating out i enjoy not exercising for a week but mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. sort of, um it becomes much easier because and your body sort of resets itself and you kind of also learn to know what to do and what to look for when things are falling out yeah Okay, well, thank you so much for having this chat with me. I feel like, yeah, it's been very informative and people find this very useful. But we always end our podcast with a challenge of the week. So do you have a challenge that you can give our listeners today that they can kind of practice and be mindful of this week? Oh, I have a million for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one challenge this week, I want you, I I would really love... um, or two things can we come off coffee and can we come off sugar mm-hmm. they're both great ones. I think um I think doing a week of that really you know once you get through a few days of headaches that's a huge reset of not just like um your energy levels but also the way you view food by once you remove them and you don't need them anymore mm-hmm. and then you start to consciously look for better options and better ways to get energy um like going for a walk or something yeah then yeah, so if you can commit this one week to like going, I'm not going to do refined sugar and I'm not going to do any coffee and see how you yeah. go. Yeah. What about matcha? Because <laughs> I know that that's, or I drink matcha. I, like it. I, I could never get into it. Oh, but really? if you like it. Oh my God, I love it. It's very good. It's good for you. Yeah. And I'm still, I still have um still have green tea. It's very good for you yeah, as well. Yeah, obviously. I love green tea. But um, yeah, I guess that coffee, yes. coffee is a massive thing that, or oh, such a culture thing as well, right? Like, people wake up and they get their coffee it's almost like glamorized in a way but why is it 
bad for you is it bad for you or is one a day okay no no one a day is okay it's more when your body be- when you become reliant yeah. on it for energy so yeah. say say you wake up in the morning your first thing you're doing is having that coffee a it's very abrasive to the gut lining so it's um it's quite a acidic way to start your day and b it's going to spike your cortisol levels what goes up must come down mm. so if your first thing in the day when your cortisol levels should be at their best and you should you know or on the increase and you're giving yourself a superficial boost you're going to be chasing that high for the rest of the day and i think um that's why a lot of people fall into the habit of having two coffees three coffees my client today was said she was up to five coffees a day i'm like okay <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, oh my God, I would not be able to do But if you can reset, take away that need for caffeine just to keep you um, energised and, and look for, you know, swap it out for some kombucha or green tea and going for walks and things. And A, it's just a way to gain back that control um, and, and to restabilise your energy. And then you can get a really good picture of where your energy's at because yeah. if you're just really high all day, um it you probably will have a bit of a crash if once you come off the caffeine and it's a really good way to see where you're at and start again yeah that's one of the reasons I never really got into coffee because I just didn't want to become reliant on it because I feel like once yeah. you get reliant on something yeah you want to be like naturally energized and when you wake up it's true like your energy is at its peak because you've literally just had a full like hopefully eight seven eight hours of sleep right yeah Yeah, like why do you need something straight away to like make you feel even more awake it's like normally it's just getting up hopefully a bit sunny you know go outside for a walk in the sun drink those water and that will naturally wake you up but I guess maybe people don't and if it doesn't that's a really good sign like like get to learn to recognize what you're masking yeah you know is a band-aid for a thyroid condition or low iron levels um, you know, what's going on that you have to have all these coffees throughout the day or you have to start your day with a coffee? Are you sleeping badly? Um, so I think it's like it's a really good way just to get to know yourself and re-get to know yourself and see where your body's at. And, yes, you might feel crappy for a few days, but just think the only way is up. Yeah, I, I, yeah I've heard people that have gone off of coffee and obviously it's awful when they first get off it because they've been drinking it so much, but then they're like after that, the mental clarity is just like no other. Yes, so, yes, yes, yeah. and a lot of people don't go back to it. I'm so sorry, my puppy's having oh, a no. <laughs> One of my chickens, I think. Oh, so cute. I love that. So wholesome, <laughs> the chickens. So wholesome. We've got my eggs in the backyard. Yeah, that's Thank how we should be getting our food. It's <laughs> just from the backyard. I'm no gardener, though. I haven't I haven't quite mastered the whole uh, growing of my own veggies, but Aww. now that I've seen the price of lettuce, I will start. To yeah, that. <laughs> maybe that's something we should all just try and do. Yes, um, it is. It is amazing. amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? Like where we can find you? Yes, I've I've just actually started a new clinic in oh, um I'm in the Southern Highlands. I have. I'm i I'm now working at uh the Women's Health Centre over in Mittagong, but I'm also te- on telemedicine. So I can consult worldwide um via online and phone consults as well as face to face. Amazing. Um I have a hormone reset program which is a month's worth of a very in-depth program that actually hones in on every individual, which I've had a hundred percent success rate with for all my clients that have um, done it. Um, and I feel like it's a really good way if you're interested in your hormones and your hormone balance to to start the journey. Um, so, and otherwise, if you're just looking to, if you're a really busy person and you know looking to eat the right food, then maybe just doing my quick little supermarket shred 
is the way to go because it's just going to give you tips of what to eat off the supermarket shelf that's still healthy and um, still help you reach your goals. So, yeah, if you wanted to reach me, I, I my website's um, www.pipreadnutrition.com um, and otherwise you can DM me on Instagram or um, I'm always happy to talk through your goals and see if I can am I the one to help you out. Yeah, and what's your Instagram? Uh, at Pip Read Nutrition. Amazing. I'll leave um, your website and Instagram in the show notes below so people can find Beautiful. you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It's been so nice having you on the podcast. It's been so lovely. I really enjoyed talking about this and I, I really like it's such a you know huge area of every woman's health. Um, so yeah. Uh, your listeners get to take away something. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you.